0: Welcome to the Aaron Novello Podcast. Are you looking to master the art of real estate sales? Do you want to level up your business and lifestyle? You are in the right place. Aaron and his guests share winning real estate sales strategies and techniques and show you how to win the inner game that leads to financial freedom. Get ready. Here is your host, top producing real estate agent and coach to some of the top agents in the U.S. and internationally. Aaron Novello. 2006 ish in between 2006 and 2007 I am selling real estate in Gainesville Florida after graduating from the University of Florida and unbeknownst to me I am in one of the most powerful and strong real estate markets in recorded history properties are flying off the shelf People are receiving 5, 10, 15 offers on properties, right? Prices are going up exponentially, okay? Loan products are such, can you believe this? There was actually a loan product where you could just simply state what your income was. How fucking fantastic is that? You could say, hey, I make 100000 bucks," and nobody would verify it. You didn't have any documentation. Can you believe that? What was also happening is I remember in the Oaks condominiums, condo conversion. You guys remember condo conversions? Yeah. I'm sitting in a one-bedroom model and there are 50 humans smashed into that one bedroom, pushing, shoving, fighting, screaming to try to get there preferred unit. Now, I'm curious. Does that sound familiar? So, how many of you guys between the calendar year of 2020 and April of 2022 received 10 or more offers on a... Yeah. How many of you guys either wrote offers or received offers that were 10, 20, of the asking price. Yeah. How many of you guys either received offers or wrote offers where you removed contingencies? Financing contingencies, removed appraisal contingencies, and the best of all, removed an inspection contingency, which is absolutely insane. Okay? So the reason why I'm sharing this with you is because this time is no different than that time. Now, I'm not proposing or suggesting to you that the pullback or the correction is going to be equally as powerful as it was in 2007 and 8. It may or may not be. What I am suggesting, though, is this is just a season. Okay? There's seasons in life, and there's seasons in business, and there's seasons in the economy. Now. We live in Florida, so I understand we have a conceptual problem with understanding seasons. How many people besides me last week when it was 60 degrees put a sweater on? <laughs> Hell yeah, you did. Put a park on, right? <laughs> put socks over your flip flops. Like, that's, like, I get it. I understand that. At the same time, if you've ever lived in a place or if you know people who live in a place where there's seasons, they understand that seasons change, don't they? Now, what are some of the ways that you can tell a season's changing? It's not a trick question, guys. Like, you can figure this out. I know we're real, sir, so we can figure this shit out. I'm sorry? Temperature. Temperature. That's one way. Leaves. Leaves changing. That's another way. And we can tell that this is just a seasonal change. How many people are noticing that the season's changing economically? Hey, did you notice the energy in the room? At first, it was laughs and giggles. That one was like, mm, fuck, yeah. <laughs> it is changing. Okay? So, The question is, how many of you guys have been selling real estate for less than five years? Show of hands. Keep your hands up if it's less than seven. Less than 10. Okay, so like 60% of the room has never experienced seasons changing. Never experienced it. So guess what you're doing now that the season's changing? Freaking out. (laughs) Quietly so, on Instagram, it looks pop, but inside, you're like, holy shit. <laughs> okay? And why do you think that is? Because knowledge equals confidence and ignorance equals fear. The reason why you're afraid is because you don't know what to and do. You don't know what to do. So, What I am here to tell you is that moment, because I came up in winter, right? Like, I built my business in a winter. So I was selling real estate in Gainesville. My first calendar year, I made $13,000. Yes. (laughs) Not something people put you on a panel on to talk about. Not something for sure that they put you on a podcast to hear your tips and tricks. Not something people would coach you to teach them how to do, for sure. But I can tell you that it was the most defining moment in my career because prior to that, I was obsessed with this idea 100 homes in a year. Obsessed. And I wanted to be the absolute best at my craft. And it's kind of like the universe was like, okay, you want to be the best? I'm going to give you the perfect environment to become the best. Right? To become the best. Because when it gets tougher, okay, how many people besides me are noticing deals are falling apart? Yeah? Yeah, title, quite frequently. How many people are noticing offers are coming in less than the asking price? How dare they? How many people are noticing that they're actually asking? How? Who do you think you are? Right? How many people have had to ask for a price reduction? Oh, my God. And then things to you like, well, how can you put it in the Wall Street Journal? Marketing on open house and all this other stuff, right? What's the real reason it's not selling? Price. I'm sorry, what's the real reason it's not selling? Price. Yes, and is getting a price adjustment a skill? Yes. 100%. Because do they say, you know what, JD, you've been trying really hard, bro. I like your beard. I think we should lower the price 100,000 bucks. Do they do that? No, they kick and fight and scream the whole time. And it's because 90% of people have the majority of their net worth tied up into their house. So they, right? when it comes to adjusting. So, but it was the most defining moment in my career because from that moment came 2000 homes sold came now a coaching company with a hundred coaching clients throughout the United States, nine of which make over a million dollars a year came speaking and came being in a position to be able to elevate others. So what I'd like to do today is I'd like to give you a formula and some very specific strategies and tactics on how to thrive in any market. Who's up for that? Say I. I'm sorry, who's up for that? Say I. Okay, good. Right? Because you know what really bothers me, see people like these and they're like, you can do it guys, be positive. I'm like, that's horse You need to give people actual, tangible, practical, tactical tools to actually go in the marketplace and do business. Because the last time there was a market adjustment and correction guys, in this marketplace, I was selling real estate. We went from 18,000 realtors in, in 2008 to 9,000 the next year. Yep. See that face? Hmm. Oh, geez. Those are called, as Jim Rohn would say, the facts. Because the problem is, is when times get tough, only the skilled get paid. If you're writing notes, write that down. When times get tough, only the skilled get paid. Period. End of story. So what's the formula, guys? You need an accurate assessment of reality in order to produce income. Anybody know who said that? Nope. That would be awesome if it was. <laughs> guy named Ray Dalio. Ray Dalio is one of the richest people on planet Earth. It's a company called Bridgewater. It's the largest hedge fund in the world. He started it in his garage. Now, when I statement you need an accurate assessment of reality in order to produce a good outcome i just thought it was cute like a little clever but reflection and upon really thinking about it and studying it it's exceptionally profound i have to see what's true because then and only then can i make decisions in accordance with what's true in order to get the outcomes that i want so in other words let's say we're and let's say we're in a different setting and there's freezing cold water out there it's like 32 degrees right below right right before it becomes ice and i'm like listen guys we're going to think positively formations and we're going to sit in that water for five hours what's going to happen yeah you probably freeze to death you get hypothermia that's exactly what'll happen right now if instead i was like hey guys we have these really special suits it'll cover all your extremities and It pumps water in there, keeps us all warm, and we're going to sit in there. Then what's going to happen? We'll probably be okay. Right? So you have to accurately assess what's true in order to produce the outcome that you want. Now, he also said a dream dealing with reality plus determination equals a successful outcome. A dream plus dealing with reality plus determination equals a successful outcome. This equation you think is the hardest for most people yes because it's not the dream guys everybody has a dream if i was to survey the room you have different people different places different different vacations right but you all have a dream and it's not determination have various determinations some more than others the hard part is reality now why is reality so hard anybody why is it so hard to deal with You have to mentally, physically, and emotionally deal with it. Yes, you have to mentally, physically, and emotionally deal with it. And the other thing you have to deal with is, guess what? You're not as fast as you thought you were. You're not as cute as you thought you were. You're not as skilled as you thought you were. And you're definitely not as wealthy as you thought you were. Does that make sense? So it stings. And our brains are wired to protect us from that. It's to protect our ego, right? Right? It's the dealing with reality piece that's the most difficult. So the question is, how do you do that? Well, the first way you do that is you have to study. Become a serious student. Right now, as we're going through an economic change, it would be, make sense to become a serious student of economics. How many people in this room know what the Fed funds rate is? No. No. That's not what the Fed funds rate is. Anybody know what the Fed funds rate is? What is it actually? Yes. It's the amount of of, uh, banks charge each other overnight. uh... Yeah, it's the amount that banks charge the Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve charge banks for for money. You know what's interesting? We're a room full of real estate agents. And we didn't know that. There you go, he's a real estate attorney. So what I'm aware of is, do you think that would be important information? If you want to guide people accordingly, a hundred percent. So we have to study. We have to become a serious student. So if you were to look at my library, there's, and again, this isn't about me, but there's 50 books on finance. There's 50 books on persuasion. There's 50 books on sales. If I was to look at your library, would I be like, Hey, you're a serious student? Nope. Okay. So that's something that you have to pay attention to. You have to study. You have to get an accurate assessment of the landscape. The second thing you have to do is you have to triangulate ideas with believable people. Now, this is very difficult to do in our common age. Do you know why? You no longer have to be competent to be famous. That's fucking true. You could be completely full of shit and have people follow you. Because you're entertaining and you jump around like this. Right. So the challenge is, is to find believable. Now, what do you think I mean by believable? Sorry? No. Persuasive. Not that. What's believable? Realistic. What proven somebody who has consistently produced the outcome you wish to produce over an extended period of time, year after year after year after year. That's somebody who's believable and you triangulate ideas with them. So what I mean by triangulate is you sit down with them and you're like, hey, I've studied. We had a conversation before we you know, started this uh, festivities. And she's like, hey, I'm thinking this. And she triangulated ideas with a believable person. I'm like, you may want to think about this. One of the best questions you can ask a believable person, write this down, is what do I currently believe to be true that isn't? What do I currently believe to be true that isn't. It's one of the best questions you can ask a believable person. A lot of you guys believe that this is going to stop in a short period of time. We just had a high inflation rating, 8.2%, which guarantees in November we're going to have another Fed Funds rate hike, which is tied to the 10-year Treasury, which means that interest rates are going up 8, 9, 10%. A lot of people imagine that's not possible. Oh, well, you believe that to be true, and it isn't. Okay. So you got to find believable people and triangulate with them. Proximity is power. All right. So let's study. Let's see reality. Okay. This is a chart of inflation over la- plus years. Okay. So the last time inflation was this high was in the '70s. Now this was from like a month or so ago. We just had a reading. It's like 8.2 percent. This is the Fed funds rate. Now, notice the last time inflation was up at 8%. Where was the Fed funds rate? 8%. You know what the Fed funds rate is now? It's below 4%. That means we have a lot more room to what? Go! That's right. If we want to get it under control. Now, why is it important to get inflation under control, guys? Anybody? Why is it important? I know we hear the word all the time. You guys, anybody feel it at the grocery store or the gas pump? 100%. Why is it important to get that under control? Okay, things will get too expensive. Requiring more dollars to buy the same goods and services. The reason why that's important is if you look at countries that have it out of control, like Turkey or Venezuela, are those usually fun places to live? No. So we have to. Not it would be nice, not it would be cute. We have to get it under control. How do we get it under control? If the problem is too much money in the system... How do you get money out of the system? Make it hard to get access to money. How do you make it hard to get access to money? Make it more expensive. <laughs> Guys, this is a rocket science. That's what's happening. Okay? But then look at, this is 50 of mortgage rates. So, rate was that high. Mortgage rates, look, 8, 9, 10, late 70s. Guys, it's just another one of those. Now, I know it's very difficult to get clear information because how many people have seen something on social media? Pressure going to go back up. I've seen that. How many people saying it's going to go down like 50 percent? Yeah. The difficult part is being able to decipher what information is accurate. Okay. Now, what's happening locally in our markets? That top line are sales. So July of 2021, 7,800 transactions. Look what's happening. So, the top, the red line is sold properties, and the white line is active listings. What trend are you noticing? More inventory and less sales. That's exactly right. So, when that happens, what are some byproducts? You got actually got to work now. <laughs> God damn it, got to work. That's garbage. You, you mean I can't just put a in list in multiple listing? and I'll get 10 offers in 24 hours? No. Can't do that anymore. So this is reality. Now, when I show this to people, sometimes they're like, "Well, you know, Aaron, should be really negative." Hmm. You gotta think positive. And I'm like, "That's dumb." Because you have to see what's true in order to produce the outcome that you want. I have to prepare myself. So it's in the dealing reality, guys, that the millions of dollars that you're after. It's where it lies. It's in the dealing with reality that all the skills that you want to acquire is where it exists. It's in the dealing with reality that the version of yourself that you aspire to be lives. Look to the person next to you and be like, I can't wait to meet that version of myself. To meet that to myself. <laughs> that's one that's disciplined. That one that has skills that give price adjust- uh, adjustments at will. that one that can price property competitively at the beginning of the actual listing versus having to beat them up 10 times. How many people posted uh, between 2020 and April 2021, we sold it for $50,000 above the ask. How many people did that? Raise your hand. Don't lie. <laughs> How many people now are going to post, we had to reduce it three times to sell it. <laughs> Wait a minute. One was you. The other one's not. The truth is both of them are that's the truth they're both not they're market driven so what we get isn't what makes us truly happy it's who we become that'll make us happy or sad so this environment really provides us an opportunity to become so how do you reality there's story and strategy okay Now, which one do you think, so you know, I have this coaching company, agents throughout the country, some of them in this room, some of the top producing agents, uh, 0.01% of all agents in the United States. What do you think most people want to talk to me about? Is it state, story, or strategy? Strategy, yeah. What actually keeps people stuck, though? I'm sorry? Okay, so I'm hearing different answers. I'm hearing story, and that's what most people say. It's the story that you tell yourself. I'm not fast enough, not quick enough, not strong enough. I'm too fat, I'm too skinny. I wear glasses. I don't wear glasses. I have red hair. You know, whatever story we tell ourselves, right? But it's actually not what keeps us stuck. What keeps us stuck is state. Because in the right state, you will come up with the right story strategy. Let me give you an example. How many people in this room besides me have had an experience either in a personal context or a professional context where you said to yourself, this is unacceptable. I don't know what the way is, but I'm gonna either find the way or make the way. Show of hands, how many people have that experience? Yeah, look at the room. So even though we think intellectually that the answer's story, it's actually state. Because in the right state, you will come up with the right story and the right strategy. Now, how many of you guys are noticing that the energy in the real estate community is changing? And you notice people are getting like, oh, God, and nervous and scared. And like, oh, they're contracting and pulling in, right? 100% trying to cut expenses. Oh, my God, what's going to happen? Okay. So if you're state, what story are you going to tell yourself? Huh? Sky's falling, 100%. Right? So do you see why state is so important? State matters. So how do you manage state? That's what I'm interested in. Well, the fact you manage state is physically. Right? Because fear is a visceral experience in your body, but so is courage. I have to train courage into my body. Everybody that I know that produces outcomes almost uniformly at high volume, in any realm, whatever realm that they're doing it in, they do they have something physically that they're doing. Now why is that certain? So because it creates certainty. It's something that you have control over. Because can you control interest rates? Can you control the rate? Can you control what buyers and sellers are going to do? No, you don't have complete control over that. But what you can control is, is what you're doing with your body on a regular basis. It will create certainty for you. It'll make you feel grounded. And when you have certainty, you feel and safe. You feel safe is what happens. Okay. So everything around you is uncertain. I can have certainty there. The second way is, is to read guys, read, you know, the average American reads one book a year and it's fiction. It's fucking not even real. Okay. Read. You can miss a meal, but don't ever miss a day of reading. Okay. 10, 12, 15 pages a day. Be putting something into your head on a regular. One of your friends walked in. Let's say they your door brother. They took a pile of garbage and they just threw it in the front door and they left. Would that be okay? Would that be acceptable behavior? No, but we let people come up and be like, oh my God, you never know what's happening. This deal fell apart and everything's going crazy. This is so terrible. (laughs) That's what they're doing. They're taking a pile of garbage, dumping it right on you, and then they leave. Like, peace, see you later. Right? So make sure that you're putting lots of good things into your head. The third is to surround yourself with people that have higher standards than you. Okay? Surround yourself with people that have higher standards than you do. So, I have this in my life he's been a mentor of mine for 12 years I speak to him once a week 12 years he does five million dollars a year in GCI this is only one of measuring success there's other ways but in business he is a beast five million a year in GCI he's probably worth 30 million bucks has makes sixty thousand dollars a year a month in residual income that's pretty boss we're sitting at a dinner like this it's a private steak dinner And I'm freaking out. This was like maybe eight years ago because the dinner probably represents 10% of my income. Okay? It's like five butlers in the room. Like it's crazy, right? And Neil says to me in front of eight people, how much money are you going to make this year? And I told him at the time it was maybe like four or five hundred. He's like, why do you settle for that? Yeah, you see her face? Most people would do what? Oh my God, that's amazing. He said, why do you settle for that? You should be making a million bucks a year. I feel like I need to buy you dinner and then he did in front of eight people made me feel like I was 10 years old (laughs) now he was doing two things there one is he was actually being kind because I was very uncomfortable and he could sense it so he's actually being kind the second thing he was doing though is challenging me here's my question to you write it down how many people in your life do you actually have that challenge your standards and say hey bro whatever you're doing no You could do better than that. Now, what's interesting is most people, as you start to think, so I'm watching you think, you're like, I don't know, who in my life does that? Because most of you guys, everybody buys your bullshit. And, you know, the people who love you and care about you, they mean well, but they're not actually helping you. Like, oh, mama, you'll be okay. I love you just the way you are. You'll be fine. Which I understand where it comes from and it means well, but it's actually not helping you. Right? How many people in your life do you have that don't buy your bullshit and challenge you. And then the fourth is to give way more than you expect to receive in return way more. I want to exchange with people in ways that are inexhaustibly abundant, where they feel like they're stealing from me. Like man, he had so much value. He's helped me so much important. When things start to contract, how do people start to think? Scarcity. No, no, no. This is mine. You know how many people we've had in the last week? Vendors like, hey, I'm, uh, well, what's going on with that price? And uh, uh, can we cut that back? And huh, what are we doing? And huh?" So if I'm now, because I do believe like energy, what we put out is what we get back. So like if I'm now intentionally and purposefully giving so much value, what I'm signaling is, is there's more than enough. way more than enough. You realize we live on a planet where you can, right now, we're trying to screw it up, but like right now you could take seeds and go like this, and food shows up. (laughs) We live on a planet right now, we need water, we're 70% water, 30% dirt. You can get as much as you want from the tap, you just go like this, and it all comes out. Whatever temperature you want, and the quantity that you want. The fact that there's a shortage is something we've made up in our mind, because 65% of us came from families that live paycheck to paycheck. I did. My parents never made more than 60000 bucks a year. So guess what was a constant, always presence in the house? A lack of? And you think that doesn't shape the way you think? Money doesn't grow on? Eat all the food on your? You guys all know it. Because it's been burned into your brains. You think that doesn't affect the way you think about things? You think that doesn't change the way you exchange with people? Of course it does. So give way more than what you expect to receive in return. So that's how you manage state now this next piece, because remember 80% accomplishing anything is 80% psychology and 20% it's 80% what's going on in your head and 20% how to do it. So there's physiology, there's focus and then there's language and that creates your identity. So physiology we talked about is your body doing something with your body on a regular basis. So I'm, let's say, so my nervous system responds to my physiology. Let's say me and my lovely wife, Carla. I don't know where she is in the room, but let's say we're in like a little tiff, and we're getting at it, right? We're like, mm, you're bothering me. Like you're breathing, you're bothering me. Like that sort of thing. And then somebody pokes in, and they say something hilarious, and I start to laugh my ass off. Is it possible for me to stay as angry as I was just moments before? Why? No, because I changed my physiology. Our bodies, our nervous system responds to my physiology. You're making calls, sitting down, slumped over. I promise it's going to sound shitty on the other end. Right? So physiology, then focus. Because where focus goes, energy flows. So what I'm focused on is what I feel. And what I feel is my emotional home. It's where I live, not my physical geographic location. So what do I mean by that? I was on a call recently and somebody said to me, Aaron, the last time the marketplace changed, what did you do to survive? That's a very interesting choice. It says life and death is where in the tongue. I can build something up with words or I can tear it down with words. What is she? focused?" And if you're focused on survival, how are you feeling? Fear, scared, hurried, rushed, frantic. Make sense. So, being intentional about what I want on, and then language, because language is so important. I remember in 2008 and 2009, everybody's falling off, everybody's dying, and people say things, oh, the marketplace is so tough, and I'd be like, well, that may be true for you, but it's not true for me. I actually grew my business by 25% year over year. 17 deals in 2008, 50, 75, 89, 100, when everything's collapsing, no show. Which means that if they're in my control, I can change my what? I can change my identity. That's exactly right. I can change the way I see myself. So here's what's crazy, ready? This guy that's in front of you sold 2,000 homes in his career, uh, 100 homes a year for the last 10, 11 years in a row, 200 a year twice, has a coaching company throughout the country, talks, all that stuff. I made him up. If you would have met me in middle school, I had a butt fluff mustache and aviator glasses. I made this guy up through physiology, focus, focus. Language, and I'm continuing to make him up because it's continuing to evolve. Okay? So I may be dating myself. I don't know. how many of you guys have seen the movie? Okay, already seen the movie? So what's interesting is that whole movie in The Matrix, Moore is trying to convince Neo that he's the one. right? What is the whole Doubting. Doubting and resisting, I'm not the one. You got the wrong person? Now, he's like, I'll stay around because Trinity's kind of hot. So, like, okay. (laughs) But he's doubting the whole movie. To the point, he goes to the oracle. And what does the oracle tell him? He's not the one. Here's why. Nobody can tell you you're the one. You have to decide that you're the one. And then guess what? It doesn't fucking matter if you're the one or not. Does that make sense? So... We can control it again, our identity can only behave in accordance with the way we see ourselves. So now we need, so that's the, the psychological component, right? Because this game is 80% psychology and 20% mechanics and my kind of most valuable skills that I possessed when, when the marketplace was changing and shifting was my mindset and my particular skill set. And remember how I said, when times get tough, only the skill get paid. Let me ask you guys a question. How good have you had to be over the last two years at pre-qualification? I'm sorry? I'm sorry? What's that? You didn't have to be skilled at that. How skilled did you have to be at pricing property? Not at all. You could go over and they'd be like, what do you want? You're like, I, I want 550. You're like, mm, I think that's kind of high. And then they sell it for 600. How skilled did you have to be Presenting offers less than the asking price. Like negotiating. Did you have to be skilled in negotiating, guys? No. Because you get 10 offers, you're just choosing the best one. They're all at ask or over. Does that make sense? So we confuse luck with skill. Luck meaning the marketplace is pushing what's happening. So I need a particular set of skills if I want to get paid when times get tough. And here are the ones. Number one is prequalification. Making sure that people have the means and the motivation to actually do something. You're looking for life events. When I say life events, what do you think I mean? Death, divorce, job relocation, moving to assisted living facilities, retirement. Somebody says to you, I want a backyard for my dog. No. Somebody says to you, I just want a pool. No. Well, if you can give me what I'm asking, then I'll sell. What do you think the answer is? I'm sorry, louder. No, go talk to somebody else. Waste their time. Okay. What well, we're going to delve into today is one of these, but the pricing portion of the listing presentation, critically important because do sellers still imagine that they can still get what they could have got five months ago? A hundred percent. We haven't reached a point of what I call capitulation, which is where they realize like, Oh shit, I'm not going to get what I want. now, Here's what's interesting about adults. We think we're all sophisticated and emotionally stable people. When a child doesn't get what they want, how do they behave? When adults don't get what they want, how do they behave? A fucking tantrum. They do the exact same thing. And who do they want to blame? Who? Anybody else but themselves. And primarily in a real estate transactions, who do they want to blame? The agent. That's right. 100%. So don't get mad at them. Get mad at yourself you to learn how to help people to self-discover because they're not dumb. They just need help in realizing that their expectations aren't going to be met by current market conditions. The next is price reductions, right? Helping people once you put it on the market to realize that it's not the open house. It's not the fucking description, which I love. Can you put that um, we have dogs in the backyard? <laughs> Can you take a picture of the sunset? I think that'll really help. <laughs> it's not any of those things, right? And then the fourth is again presenting offers. So what we're delve into, it's true, right? So what we're going to delve into today is specifically the pricing portion of listing presentation, because I am aware that that is a critically important skill that we all need to possess. Okay? Because if you don't possess it, here's what's going to happen: you're going to take listings. They will sit on the market. They will. Oh, your listing inventory will grow and you'll have 10, 12, 15 sellers asking you to do open houses and put in the wall street journal and all this other stuff. And you won't like being in real estate. Okay. So we have to get very skilled at this. In order to get into this, I'm going to share with you a, a particular kind of strategy on how to present, because I think the lobby. Training that we've received is wrong and it's built for an environment that we don't exist in anymore. So a lot of you guys try to present with authority. I'm the realtor. I know more than you do. I study homes and prices every day. Therefore, I assume you'll list with me at a price that'll cause it to sell. Now, that is coming from a place of authority. That is also coming from a time in which consumers have Information about real estate. Do you realize that, like 30 years ago, if somebody wanted any information at all about to talk to a real estate agent, they had no idea what their neighbor's home sold for. They had no idea what the neighbor next door was listed for. Nothing at all. So, could you, during that time, present in an authoritative manner? Would that make sense? Okay. Does that time still exist? No. Interesting. So they're how often? Studying their home value on these sites. More than you. And you're coming in like, well, I am the professional. Let's get this straight, guys. You guys had to get a 70 on a test. A fucking 70 or 75, okay? You had to have a thousand bucks and not be a felon yet. (laughs) That's the criteria. So why on God's green are we walking in like we are this omnipresent, omniscient being that knows everything about real estate? It's comical. 20 plus thousand in the multiple listing service. Yeah. So there's different modes of communication. One is paternalistic, which is like I know and you don't. I lead with authority. I watch agents do that all the time. Do that in the current environment and you will lose... Listings. Yes, you will. 100%. Then there's informative. What informative is, is where I'm like, hey, here's all the information. You decide. Now, could you get away with that over the last 18 months? Uh Uh-huh. Because the market would do what? Would make up for it. They could ask whatever ridiculous amount they want, they'd probably sell it eventually. Can you do that now? I'm sorry, can you do that now? No, you cannot. Now, because we really don't want like imagine you go to the doctor and they're like hey here's all the WebMD shit like you decide and then they walked away now do you like the WebMD no but like you might feel like a little informed you're like okay cool I'm like an educated consumer but then what do you want professional guidance so what you actually want is the third which is interpretive that's the sweet spot which is where it would sound something like this like, hey, we're going to look at this information together as a team. And what we're going to come, see come to the surface is not a pinpoint to the penny in terms of price. Instead, what we're going to see is a very tight, realistic range as to what's going to be reasonable. And then from there, it'll come down to strategy. And we'll go over the strategies that you have because I want you to feel comfortable with the one we end up choosing. And I can promise you this, whatever you decide, I'm going to support you 100%. Fair enough? How do you feel when I say that to you? Great. What else? Or do you feel like you're in control? Do you feel like it's your decision? Do you like that? So then why am I going in and saying, I know and you don't? So again, consumers have as much information as we do, and we're still presenting in that authoritative manner, and that's dumb. All right, the pricing portion, listing presentation. So this idea of I study homes and prices every day, I'm, I'm the woman, I know more than you do, that's dumb and outdated. Stop doing that. Okay? It's not in alignment with reality. I'm going to have a monopoly of information interested is is in self-discovery, right? So what would that sound like? So the good news is, is we really only have to focus on a couple things today during our time together. The first is your motivation to sell, which you definitely want to do. The second issue is, is the price. Now I prepared for you a market analysis. And in that analysis, it's comprised of two types of research. The first type is what's active on the market right now and not selling, which is very helpful to us. Because the neighbors, they've done us a huge favor. Do you know what it is? I know the microphone freaks people out. What they've they've done is they've tested the market for us at certain prices, and it's not working. That's exceptionally helpful to us. The second piece of data is what has actually sold and closed most recently. Because what something's worth, somebody's willing to pay for it. So looking at this information together as a team, what we're going to see surface, again, is not a pinpoint to the penny. Instead, what we'll see is a tight, realistic range as to what's going to be reasonable. From there, we'll come down to strategy. And we'll go over those strategies because I want you to feel comfortable with the one we end up choosing. And again, whatever you decide, I'll support you 100%. Fair enough? Now, the purpose of the analysis, again, it's an attempt to make an educated guess with regards to value. I ask, are you familiar with the way buyers determine value for this type of home in this type of community. And what do you think? No, maybe, yes, doesn't matter what they say. Whatever they say, you're like, yeah, essentially what they're going to do is comparison shop. They're going to look at the price that we ultimately decide to set on the property, the features and amenities that it has to offer or lack thereof. And they're going to compare that with other ones that have sold and closed most recently. And from all of that information, they're going to make a determination. They feel comfortable making you an offer. Does that make sense? And they're like, yeah, makes total sense. So I find as we review this information, it's exceptionally to really try to do our best to look at this through the eyes of the buyer, because I'm aware that the buyer's hat is different than the seller's hat. Now, notice when I said that to you, what did all you do and your agents? You all started to shake your head. Yes, because they understand this. They're not dumb. The buyer's hat different than the seller's hat. Now, why am I doing that? Which frame do you think you actually review information more clearly from the buyer or the seller side? Buyer side. Right. I'm I'm counteracting something called the endowment effect. You know what the endowment effect is because it's mine. It's better. We all do this. You ever notice like my stuff is stuff and your stuff is shit. (laughs) It's called the endowment effect. It's quantifiable. It's measurable. Like they've done studies and stuff. Right. So I'm counteracting that when I say to switch hats. I'm asking you in your brain to switch filters. And when you switch a filter, you're going to look at the information more accurately. Does that make sense? So I find that it's incredibly helpful to really try to do our best to look at the eyes of the buyer because it's different than the seller's hat. The question to be asking yourself as we review this information is if you were going to buy this place all over again, having seen what's on the market and not selling and seen what's sold and closed most recently, the question to be asking yourself is as a buyer, where you personally would feel comfortable making an offer that you believe would be reflective of fair market value. Because more likely not, a buyer would feel pretty similar to you. Now, when I say the word fair, it's very intentional. I'm curious. In America, do we have a crazy idea about fairness? 100%. If it's not fair, we freak out. Now, if we know it's not fair, we're kind of okay. But once we really know, then it's not okay. So, like, I think we all kind of knew that, like, rich people do things to get their kids in college. But once we really knew, we're like, fuck that. People got to go to jail. (laughs) So, we have a crazy idea of fairness. So, when I say reflective of fair market value, what's going on in your brain? I have to be fair. fair. See, I'm priming you on how to view this information so you can look at it more accurately. Does this make sense? Hey, by the way, does this sound like I've done this like 10,000 times before? Yeah. Ask yourself a question. Could you stand up and do the pricing portion of your listing presentation the way I'm doing right now in front of 100 plus people? You should be able to do that because if you want to get paid like a professional, you need to practice like one. All, write this down, all rewards must be earned. Now, there's some key phrases, right, that we're going to start to use. I will, so whatever you decide, I'm going to support you 100%. What does that do? That aligns me with them. A lot of you guys get into fights with people. Why are you doing that? I know why, because you're attached to being right. I had a mentor one time to say to me, hey, brother, which one's more important to you, to be right or to be rich? Hmm, I think I'm going to choose rich right? So I'm just attached to being right. Whenever you decide, I'm going to support you hundred percent. I want you to feel comfortable with the strategy that we end up choosing. And we have a couple that are at our disposal. I'm giving you options, right? There's a couple other phrases that I want you to get clear on through no fault of your own or mine. You should write that phrase down through no fault of your own or mine. Market dynamics have shifted and changed. Now, when I say through no fault of your own or mine, why am I saying that? Because who do they want to blame? Me, but when I say through no fault of your own or mine, now you're like, okay, it's just kind of, it is what it is, right? The other phrase that I want you to get clear on is that price is a snapshot in time. Price is a snapshot in time. So let's say we're having a conversation and so well, Aaron, my neighbor sold for 550 five months ago. I think we should ask 600. Sound about right? Yeah. Okay. So, how would you handle that? What do you say to that? Are you like, okay, dokie, smoky, and you put on a market at <laughs> six? Some of you guys do. <laughs> and then when it expires, somebody like me calls them, gets them to lower the price, raise the commission, we sell it. So, how do you handle that? Well, I mean, I can appreciate that. Like, I certainly see where you're coming from. And I understand it can be confusing and a little bit frustrating. I'm demonstrating emotional intelligence. Not like, yeah, tough shit. Right? So I understand that. And it can be very difficult and it can be challenging. So what I'm aware of is, let me ask you a question. Would you say that marketplaces are static or are they fluid? Do they stay the same or are they constantly changing? changing. I agree with you. They are changing. By the way, did I tell him they're constantly changing? No, he told me he will never argue with his own information. He will argue with mine, 100%. People never will argue with their own information. So would you say that marketplaces are static or are they fluid, are they constantly changing? Okay, so what I'd like to do is go over with you some of the changes that we've seen in the marketplace. And my intention in doing so is so that around perhaps why your neighbor has one experience and you may have another. Does that sound okay? Yeah, so I don't know if you're aware of this, but in the beginning of this year, in January, because you said it sold in April, so what that means is they went under contract in like March or February. Did you know that at that time frame, interest rates were 3%? Did you know that? You're like, well, maybe. Okay, do you know what they are today? What mortgage people do we have in the room? What are they today? Seven. Now, here's how that affects you. I don't know if you know this. Somebody who was approved for your 500 january the 550 that the home sold for your neighbor that you're talking about do you know what that same buyer would be approved for today at seven percent interest rates 400 now i'm curious what do you think that does to the pool of prospective buyers shrinks them so being that that's the case when the buyers shrink what usually happens to prices So are you just by you saying that demonstrates that you're beginning to realize why your neighbor had one experience and you might have another. Does that make sense? Guys, that's some Jedi shit right there. (laughs) Okay. But that's a skill that you can learn. And if you don't have that skill, I promise you, you're going to be getting into arguments with people, right? You're going to get into dueling matches and fighting pissing matches, right? So, As far as this is concerned, what I'm aware of is that this experience that we're in right now, this marketplace, the next 18 to 24 months can and will be the most defining moment in your career if you allow it to be, if you choose it to be, right? Because there are going to be lots of challenges. There will also be lots of opportunities. And if you decide to meet these challenges, you will make this the most defining moment in your career. You can become the agent that you want to be. You can become the salesperson you want to be. You can become the title person. You can become that version of you that is doing the things that you want to do. So that's what I wanted to share with you guys today. and wish is that this has been helpful or useful to you in any way. If I could be of assistance or my team could be of assistance, please let us know. That concludes our conversation on how to price property in a challenging market and what you need to do in order to thrive in any market. What we're going to do now For those that wish, uh, we're going to have a formal presentation on EXP, the model and the opportunity. If that's not something that you're interested in, that's cool. I love you anyway. I really do. And I hope you got tremendous value out of your time here today. If it is something that you're interested in, we will begin in five minutes. So I appreciate it. Thank you kindly. Thank you so much for listening to the Aaron Novello podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow Aaron on Instagram at Aaron Novello. Happy hunting.